Welcome to Paradigm Lovecast, a portal of thought leaders from around the world supporting and bridging a new paradigm of guidance, support, and practical embodiment tools to bridge the primal, the holy, and the cosmic to radically revolutionize reality. Hello, welcome back to Paradigm Lovecast. This is Madeline Love. This is episode 11. I'm really grateful to be coming back on here as I've taken a break for the last couple weeks. I've been traveling and wow, lots of transition and movement. Seems like I say that uh, every time that I take a break. And so just trusting the divine timing of when this love cast decides that it's ready to continue to be shared. So today I'm going to share with you the current gene key influence that we're under as usual. And I also want to share with you my intention soon is to come on here and share something of my own, share with you some things that have been arising for me and and some of the things I've been moving through to hopefully share with you some inspiration and hope for all that is occurring in our lives as we are all navigating these changes together. So today, I'm going to share with you the 32nd Gene Key. This is about ancestral reverence, and this goes from October 14th to tomorrow, October 19th. And this happens to be, if you're familiar with the hologenetic profile, which you can look up yours online for free, this happens to be my evolution sphere, which means it's really what I'm here to evolve into and to move out of these shadow frequencies. That's a pretty strong pattern in my life and so the shadow is failure the gift is preservation and the city is veneration the myth of failure one of the greatest fears that haunts humanity is found in the 32nd shadow the fear of failure this fear has a deep biological root since it is built into your very DNA. Our early hominoid ancestors had exactly the same fears as we do today, even though they may have manifested differently. Your individual fear of failure is rooted in the collective fear of failure to survive as a species. One of the first realizations that our ancestors had was that we had a better chance of survival if we stayed together and operated in packs. The pack or tribe consisted of a network of individuals and families, all with different skills and responsibilities, which pooled together enormously improved the chances of survival. In prehistoric times, if an individual became isolated or ostracized from the group, it almost certainly spelled death. At the core of this genetic reflex to stay together in tribal groupings lies another related fear, the fear of not passing on your genetic material. In other words, the fear that the tribe or family itself might die out. 
For a woman, this is a fear of not being able to give birth or find a mate. And for a man, it is the fear of infertility. Let's translate this ancient fear for a moment right into the present. Obviously, for most people in the world, this genetic fear is responsible for keeping alive many tribal lines and traditions. However, the West and in the developing world, we can see something different occurring. We no longer have such strong tribal family structures. Now, most young men and women leave their families seeking opportunities outside the old family structures, which leads to the dismembering of those older structures and the support that they offered. The reason for this trend is that the modern world revolves around money. Our collective fear of survival is almost entirely projected on the amount of money we have. The fear of failure as a feeling inside your physical body is intimately connected with money. The 32nd shadow drives our modern society and keeps humans operating at a low level of frequency by the means of this fear. We have created a world in which individual groups operate independently of each other in their need to compete and maintain their genetic lines. It may not seem that way, but the fear is the same old fear. Your desire to have a bigger house or a faster car is actually born out of a huge collective energy field of fear and competition, which is in turn rooted in a much older fear. The larger your bank balance, the less chance there is of failure. That is how your mind thinks at the shadow frequency. This is how money has become the great symbol of success in the modern world. But, and it's a big but, the whole money game is an illusion and a sham. It is nothing more than a symbolic mirage created by the 32nd shadow. The very existence and notion of money feeds the same ancient genetic fear. And that old fear is always somewhere in the background of our lives, no matter how many millions we've earned or inherited. Money remains one huge issue for most people on our planet. Why is this? The answer is that fear always needs something on which to feed. Even if we were to eradicate money from our civilization, fear would simply find another place to hide. It is fear itself we have to conquer, not money. True success means no longer being ruled by the concept of success and failure. Thus, the 32nd shadow ensures that human beings will always remain selfish, restricting themselves to small elitist groups, families, businesses, and fiefdoms. Until we can raise the consciousness of humanity as a whole, we humans will always remain essentially stingy in spirit, confining ourselves to our own gene pools and our own little tribal circles and cliques. As our ancient ancestors discovered, failure really means one thing, to be isolated. The moment you cut yourself off from your tribal support network, you lose touch with the living chain that supports and nourishes you. Nowadays, we've become so adept at survival that if you have enough money, you can flourish in isolation without ever being seen by anyone. But the 32nd shadow is not only about people, it's also about life as a whole. We humans now live isolated from the earth herself. 
We still think in terms of the survival of our own families and at best our cultures, but we have not raised our group consciousness enough to think in terms of our species. Yes, there are individuals who think ahead, and these days there are many more of them, but we still have not transformed the 32nd shadow and its myth of failure. Although the fear of the shadow has its roots deep within the human immune system, it is the mind that reacts to it and feeds off of it. If you are not in control of your mind or aware of its power, then your mind will run your life, which means fear will run your life. To raise the consciousness of the mind is to the escape the grip of all fear. This doesn't mean that we will never feel these ancient fears. At the gift frequencies, we probably will because they're still a part of our planetary consciousness, but we will no longer have to react to them. That is the key. These fears have actually served their purpose. They've kept the human species alive and allowed us to flourish. We can see from the 42nd shadow, the programming partner to this 32nd shadow, how strongly conditioned we are to be stingy and competitive, not only financially, but also in our thinking. The 42nd shadow represents the inability to let go, and it's connected to the theme of death itself. This very codon group, the Ring of Illusion, is based on the illusion of death through its ally, the 28th Gene Key. There is a direct genetic linking between the themes of death and money, or death and taxes as the old adage goes. Therefore, until we begin to think in far wider terms beyond our own little lives and out in the world, we will remain isolated in our own little boxes with our own little bank accounts. Failure is only an outcome when you cut yourself off from the whole. When you raise your frequency beyond the reach of concepts such as success and failure, you remember that all of life moves in a great cosmic pattern. As you let go into this pattern, you always find your natural support within the more evolved among humanity have found this truth reflected by the way in which individual finances operate. When you surrender to the greater pattern and raise your consciousness above the fear threshold, money always arrives when, just when it's needed. Money actually provides a wonderful lesson in letting go of fear, and in many respects it has become one of the new spiritual teachers on our planet. While it is still here, which is not forever, we should make the fullest use of it as an outer symbol of our ability to surrender to higher forms of consciousness. Every time you feel yourself worrying about money, smile, take a breath, thank your ancestors, and relax. When you truly need it, it always comes. So when we repress our fear... It becomes fundamentalist. The repressive side of the 32nd shadow is an extreme form of conservation. The 32nd shadow is a deeply contracting energy in itself so that when it manifests through a repressive and fearful nature, it becomes extremely tight and fundamentalist. Such people are literally choking themselves physically, emotionally, and financially. They are starving themselves of breath and of support from others. The tendency of such people is to isolate themselves in tight little communities that do not interface with the wider world. 
Such communities, groupings, or cults can easily become paranoid about the rest of the world, and it is usually only a matter of time before they die out altogether. And when we react to failure, we become disjointed. The reactive nature of the 32nd shadow is about losing all sense of the continuity in life. This is a state based on anger, the anger that there's nothing to support you but yourself. This means that your anger will drive you into a self-destructive life pattern that will probably escalate at an alarming rate. If you've lost touch with the flow of life, then nothing really goes smoothly for you. You have cut yourself off from the source. People who live such disjointed lives with no real rhythm or purpose put themselves in great physical danger. The decisions they make cannot follow the natural flow that leads to health and wealth. Every decision we take in life either connects us to something greater than ourselves or cuts us off from our true and vital inheritance, leaving us feeling isolated and alone. Invitation for breath into the belly and just allowing the shadow frequency of failure to settle this understanding of of the self and just contemplation just allowing it to settle the things that resonated with you maybe tuning into where you've seen yourself in the past repressing or reacting to the fear of failure I can speak for myself as this is uh, my evolution in this lifetime that I for many years allowed my fear of failure to paralyze me the fear of failure of my marriage of my businesses that I had yet to open I had such fear of failure to get started even growing a garden it's like I'd buy the seeds I'd have the desire I'd have the place to do it and I had such a fear of failure that I couldn't hardly face that and so I just wouldn't do it and this also in different ways for me has shown up as procrastination and when I finally just take the leap and I take action it's actually the fear dissolves from action okay so the 32nd gift is preservation the art of grafting the 32nd gift is called the gift of preservation it is a truly noble gift because it's about seeing beyond your own little world which means going beyond selfishness. The 32nd gift is about keeping things alive. However, it's not keeping just anything alive. It's about knowing what to keep alive. As we saw with the repressive side of the 32nd shadow, this gene key can just as easily lead to the preservation of things that don't really serve the human race, such as fundamentalism. However, the person who has raised the frequency of this gene key can see beyond the confines of their fear-based thinking, and they find that they have an instinctive gift for investment. Investment can be understood on many levels. 
If the 32nd gene key is a major aspect of your hologenetic profile, that's me, then you have the potential of a powerful instinct for sensing the long-term picture in all situations. People with this gift also often have a deep capacity for restraint. They have the strength to withhold their energy or money from situations that appear tempting, but that in the long term would not serve them. Money is also, by the way, linked with the same area in the body that our sexuality is and can also come in a capacity for restraint in that area as well which has greatly served me in many times in my life. By the same token, this gift enables people to trust in an instinct, especially about other people, that often does not appear to be at all logical, but in the end will be extremely beneficial to them and many others. The secret to this gift is the instinctive ability to balance restraint, what to keep alive, and risk, what to change. These are people who inherently know that if you want to maintain success in life, you have to have an unflinching set of principles coupled with a constant need to update, revolutionize, and expand your original investment. The parable of the talents from the New Testament is an excellent metaphor for the 32nd gift. Here is a loose translation. A landowner gave three of his tenants, ten, five, and one talent each, a talent being an ancient unit of currency and bade them to make something of their investment. The first man, who had been given ten talents, returned with twenty talents. The second man, who had been given five talents, returned with ten talents. And the third man, who had been given one talent, returned with only his one talent, having buried it in the ground for fear of losing it. The landowner rewarded the first two men, but took away the third man's single talent. The lesson from the above parable concerns overcoming the fear of failure. The 32nd gift is not about self-preservation, but it is about the preservation of life. Only that which will adapt itself can survive and flourish. The 32nd gift has the ability to assess the past, weeding out weaknesses, and building upon strengths. These people have a natural understanding of the ebb and flow of the seasons and the rhythms of nature. It allows them to instinctively recognize when something is dying and to decide whether it needs to be pruned right back or disposed of altogether. Since the 42nd gift, its programming partner, is that of detachment, we can also see another of the strengths in this gift, the ability to let go of whatever no longer serves the expanding vision of the 32nd gift. Wow, that has been such a massive lesson in my life of detachment and letting go of things that aren't serving the greater vision. And I just want to put here that that can be very difficult in our lives because we can be projected upon by others who, who don't have the ability to let go and to become detached to the things that, that maybe we are guided to and, we have the ability to really like know that and have deep compassion without absorbing their projections. This 32nd gift is the gift of grafting, which is the essence of true preservation. You have to retain that which is strong, the rootstock, and then you have to graft the new onto that which is strong. 
In this way, you will always maximize your energies. The gift of grafting can be applied across any and every field of human endeavor. Detachment is also an essential aspect of this process since you will have to let go of your own notion of failure. It is usually the fear of failure that prevents human beings from adapting to a new system. The gift of preservation is mirrored everywhere you look in nature. The more human beings align themselves with nature, the more successful we will become as a species. Success at the gift level is about economy, and economy comes from being in harmony rather than in competition. From a profound understanding of the ring of illusion, you can see the dilemma that humanity currently faces. We have created the modern world in the image of the 32nd shadow. Our two great fears are death and failure. As we move into the 32nd gift as a species, we shall once again return to nature. Nature represents the old rootstock. Its very wildness is its strength, and we, humanity, are the vibrant young shoot with its dreams of transcendence. As we learn once again to honor where we have come from, the earth will teach us how to move in harmony with its natural rhythms and cycles. And as we listen to the great wisdom of our ancestors and of the indigenous tribal cultures, we will once again find our correct inner spirit. Once we have this as our anchor, we can graft our modern technologies onto the old wisdom and the result will be truly transcendent. This is the great secret of preservation. The other great domain of the 32nd gift is relationship. People with this gift and their hologenetic profile have an instinct, an instinct for who will make a good ally and who will not. They don't just see individuals, they see interrelationships between many different people as well. Thus, they have a natural understanding of hierarchies and the continuity of those relationships within the hierarchy. Because of this, they can be invaluable with any business or community. And I want to pause there for a minute because the hierarchy that they're referencing here is not like hierarchy in what we see out in the matrix, it's nature's hierarchy where there are people who naturally step up into leadership and they're just like in nature, there's hierarchy in, in nature as well. Given their gift of restraint, they can also sometimes appear at a first glance to be quite conservative. However, each of the 64 gifts is essentially a balancing act between the two extremes of the shadow Hence, people with this gift are neither too conservative nor too haphazard. They simply have the gift of knowing when to be one or the other. In this respect, they really hold the future of the planet in their hands. If these people cannot overcome their fear of personal failure and selfishness, we, humanity, are all at risk. However, if they rise above that fear and move beyond the selfish tendencies of the shadow frequency and they can be the most vehement defenders and preservers of our earth. Invitation for a deep breath, allowing that to settle in the body, this energy of preservation, knowing what to prune back to allow more growth and more energy to flourish 
in what is most aligned, what is most conducive to the greater vision of the dream, of what the field is naturally informing is needed. So the 32nd city of veneration, the perfume of consciousness, to attain a Siddic state presupposes that fear has been entirely transcended. It has left the building altogether. Through the 32nd gift, we can see how a negative pattern such as fear or anger can be transformed into a beneficial force simply by raising the frequency of that gene key and pressing it into the service of the whole. It is this very transformation that will eventually lead to the higher state of the 32nd city of veneration. Each of the 64 gene keys is essentially a process in which fear or anger is progressively transformed by being put to good use in the service of the totality. At a certain point, however, the ancient genetic fears can be transcended altogether. When you dedicate your life to the service of others, this creates a progressive buildup of frequency within your subtle bodies. The first obstacle that has to be overcome is the karma of your past. If your commitment is consistent enough, usually over many lifetimes, eventually you will burn up all the karma accumulated in your ancestral DNA. The power of service should never be underestimated. Service is the expression of love, and love, as we all know, can move mountains. The gradual transformation of ancient karma is like watching a saucepan of water slowly come to a boil. For a considerable amount of time, nothing appears to be occurring. At a certain point, however, you sense a great pressure building within the saucepan and you see the telltale signs that something big is about to happen. Vapor begins to rise. A tangible heat begins to emanate. Tiny bubbles prick the surface. When the explosion finally happens, it happens all at once and appears to be unstoppable. This describes the process of the dawning of the cities the higher divine consciousness hiding in your DNA. It is the same with human evolution. One day you reach an incarnation in which a great sense of something impending begins to surround you. Your life is littered with the signs and promises of a great and impossible sounding dream. You feel the pressure of this other reality more than you ever have before, and during these last stages, your final tests are the most intense as the most ancient vestiges of your karma are burned white hot from your very DNA. When the supernova finally occurs in you, your identity and even your gifts are crushed as a new field of service emerges through you. This is acidic state. The physical vehicle and its chemical genetic coding remain to determine and limit the expression of your particular divine archetype, but the sheer voltage of the light frequencies that have ended your sense of separation have literally washed your DNA clean of its memory. Only then do your true cities emerge. The 32nd city is the state of veneration. It is all that remains when fear has burned away. Veneration is the state that occurs when you see and know your place within the great living chain of life. You can look down the spiral of evolution and see those less evolved than you. You can look up the ladder and see those far beyond you. Because you look at your place without a sense of personal identity, all you can do is experience wonder. 
you see the inter interdependence of all life and you know the one force that motivates and moves all life including your own tiny form veneration is feeling both tiny and huge at the same time in the siddic state the ring past knot of death has been breached so that you have a real experience of immortality since the one light is now entirely focused through your spirit all you see is the beautiful spiraling arc of evolution through myriad chains of reality. At this level, you are way beyond the personality that identifies with its individual vehicle. You are even beyond the soul or the casual body, which continuously incarnates through multiple vehicles throughout time. The crystalline surface of the soul itself has shattered, which means that consciousness within your genetic chain has transcended or outgrown its vehicle. There is no ounce of separateness left, so there's nothing to reincarnate anymore. For you, the entire notion of evolution has now come to an end. This great mystery is described more in depth in the 22nd Gene Key. Every Siddic state leaves a divine message before it leaves this plane of being and returns to the formless state. This message is rather like an autobiography of consciousness, through all its lives and experiences, and in particular, chain of life. Thus, the great sages leave each, leave us something unique that builds on the wisdom of the previous sages. Those who have attained the Siddic state of veneration have always incarnated in some form of spiritual lineage. Consciousness in form always has to move through a limitation of lineage. This lineage is an archetypical lineage rather than a uniquely genetic or social one. In the language of the gene keys, it is called your fractal lineage or fractal line. The fractal lineage of Christ, for example, has nothing to do with the religion of Christianity. It has to do with vibration. Thus, by way of example, the Indian saint Ramana Maharishi is a descendant of the Christ lineage even though he knew little of Jesus' life or teachings. The great lineages of the Tibetan culture are examples of fractal lines that are both vibrational, the Buddha lineage, as well as social and genetic, since these lineages were for many centuries deliberately confined to a single culture. Now with the spreading of these powerful teachings, many evolved lamas and Tulkus are incarnating into Western bodies, even so the fractal lineage remains. Veneration is about being on a spiral ladder. You stand on the shoulders of those who've come before you, and you allow those who will go beyond you to stand upon your shoulders in turn. This is how higher consciousness extends and expands itself into humanity. What you venerate is the chain itself, as well as all the beings above and below you. You realize that even the humblest insect is allowing you to stand upon the shoulders of its consciousness. This gives rise to the fathomless feeling of reverence for all sentient life. Veneration is rooted in respect, reverence, and gratitude for all aspects and forms of the one consciousness behind creation. It is an intense aroma or perfume that's given off by consciousness itself. For the one experiencing this city, this perfume is detected everywhere, in everything, all the time. The great secret to the 32nd city is to be found in the simplest of symbols, water. In human physiology, the 32nd gene key represents the regulation of liquid in your body.
This is why it has such a deep connection with your genetic memory, since water holds memory. There is a peculiarity within the hydrogen atom that allows it to transfer consciousness as memory. Since our planet and our bodies are made of primarily water, this is the medium through which our collective consciousness evolves. The water cycle on our planet is actually how we are awakening. Every form that dies releases its water content back into the water cycle, which means that every form releases a finite number of more evolved hydrogen atoms back into the world. Thus, the hydrogen atoms in every vegetable you eat pass through your body and leave through your sweat or urine or more evolved than when you entered your body. This evolving chain of consciousness is present and occurring in every single life form on our planet through the medium of water in the food chain. The key to evolution is digestion. The more you contemplate this 32nd city, the more reverence you will inevitably feel for all life. As it penetrates deeper and deeper into your heart, you will begin to smell the divine perfume of consciousness as it moves between and behind all forms of life. Eventually, no matter what is before you, all you will see is the self, the Atman, the divine being, perfectly playing and weaving and evolving right before your very eyes. Ah, just another invitation for a breath into the belly, into the body, allowing this to settle. Feeling our, our deep connection to the water, the water, the sacred fluids in our bodies being divinely pulsated over and over, recycled. The miracle of the memory that water holds, that we have an opportunity to support the evolution of the consciousness on the planet. as we bring more awareness into our sacred fluids, more awareness into the hydrogen on the planet. I have a really deep connection with the water. I carry sacred waters that have been gifted to me from all over the world. Some of my greatest joy is to gift those waters to others, to place on their altars as waters and amplification and a conduit of energy. I love offering water ceremonies and foot washing ceremonies and offering the waters that I have back to the rivers and streams and receive from these different beautiful places and I just want to invite you to tune into the spirit of the water and the life that it brings you know when you look at the desert this is something I, I love so deeply about the desert is the resiliency of it. And when you, 
and you look at the desert and there is a, even a small amount of water source nearby, a little can go such a long way. And I remember last year when I did my first traditional Native American vision quest, I went up on the hill for a few days with no food or water or shelter and prayed for a vision for the people. And through my time on the hill, I realized the medicine of water. I realized the medicine of all things. I realized that shade was medicine, that my drum was medicine, that that the little rain sprinkles that came, the water, that it was medicine, that the wind, the air, the air was medicine, that the animals that came to see me was medicine. And so I want to just invite you to connect with your water and imprint a prayer or a thought, however you relate to that. But since it holds the memory, I just want to invite you before you drink your water to, to put intention into it. Every morning I like to get up and hold my cup of water and put a prayer into it and my intention for the day and drink that into my body. And as I drink that into my body, I feel it activating that and attracting these things into my life. So I want to encourage you to connect with with your water more deeply and tune into it that that element and the way that it shows up in your life thanks for listening many blessings and we'll be with you again soon thank you deeply to all of our supporters for making this love cast possible